speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Palm Sunday has always been a Sunday that's drawn deep conversation and in some cases deep disagreement. It is always the ending of the 40-day season of Lent and the beginning of the seven days of Holy Week. It moves us out of our Lenten fast with Jesus, with the Lord entering into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and with crowds placing palm fronds and tree branches in his path, calling out Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Then as we enter into the church with our palms, Palm Sunday immediately becomes the Sunday of the Passion, forcing us straight to the place of the skull and to the story of the cross, the very epicenter of Holy Week. Every year since I've been a priest, I've heard the discussions about how problematic this all can feel when it falls on us on one Sunday morning. Every year I've heard stories about how this priest or that church foregoes the passion altogether and only uses the story of Jesus entering into Jerusalem as the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Every year, at least for a few seconds, even I wonder why we couldn't just do that here at All Saints. And I understand why so many of us would just like to wait and have the passion story be where it rightfully should be on Good Friday. Every year I feel that way except now this year. For the first time in my entire life in the church, this Palm Sunday feels so much more like the Sunday of the Passion. Something just feels off with the joyful sounds of Hosanna in that first gospel reading of Matthew. We as the church are not gathering together outside the doors today. We cannot hand out the blessed palms as we process into the church, and we're not hearing fully Michael playing that great Palm Sunday hymn, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. And without all of that, brothers and sisters, for me in this lonely, empty church right now, it certainly, for the first time ever, feels a whole lot more like the pain and the sorrow we just heard in the story of the Passion of our Lord. Still, as hard a time as this Palm Sunday is right now for all of us, I know in my heart this isn't the first time that today has felt a whole lot more like the Sunday of the Passion. This week I took a few minutes to do what I'm sure a lot of you have done if you have grandparents. I took some time to call my two grandmothers who are living in Kentucky. They're both in their upper 80s right now, and though they are in counties and communities that have yet to have one case of COVID-19, I'm still desperately worried about them, as is the rest of my family. I called them both to beg them to not leave their home for anything in these coming days and weeks to just stay inside and let the family bring them the food they need and the essential items that they call for. And for two of the strongest women of faith I've ever known in my life, I had to ask them not to go to church. That was particularly heartbreaking for me because these are the two women who practically raised me on the Bible. They raised me on faith. They raised me on trips to their Baptist and Pentecostal churches 
on Wednesday nights, on Saturday nights, on Sunday mornings, and again on Sunday nights. So it was physically painful for me to have to beg these two women to stay home and pray. And maybe just watch their grandson on YouTube. But I had to do it. I had to do it so that there might be a better chance to be there when I'm able to come home and see my family again in Kentucky and we're able to all put our arms around each other and hug each other again. As I was talking to my paternal grandmother, my mamma, as I've always called her, she began to talk about, as we all are right now, how hard it is to believe that we're all living through this right now today. And as she said that, she stopped. And she said, you know what? I'm old enough to remember stories from my parents and from my grandparents about the times they went through. And those long deceased family members had plenty of their own stories of times when the flu virus struck their Appalachian Mountain communities in the eastern Kentucky coal fields and led lots of people to suffer and many more to die. It was right there in that moment that she shared with me a story that I don't think I'd ever heard before. And that was about my great, great grandmother, who had actually herself died of what my grandmother had been told was the flu in the year 1923, just a few years as many of us now know well after the great influenza pandemic of 1918 that killed 17 to 50 million people around the world. When my great-great-grandmother died of the flu, her eldest daughter, my great-grandmother, another woman I called Mamaw, who I was blessed to know all the way through my college years before she died, when her mother died, she was just 11 years old. She was the oldest of seven children. And at 11 years old, after the death of her mother, she suddenly was given the task of raising her six younger siblings. She was given that task so that her father could continue to work outside the home and try to keep the family fed. As I listened to my mamma tell me these stories, it was hard for me to imagine what it must have been for them back then. Instantly, it reminded me that no matter how hard life gets and how frightening it becomes, for us right now, there have still been so many more times in the lives of those who lived before us that were probably a whole lot harder and even more frightening. That doesn't make right now any easier, does it? But it at least helps me to remember that we have been through this before and with God's help, we have made it through to the other side. And as I talked to this great matriarch of my family about the incredible women who came before her, I was reminded of how essential in their lives the Christian story of faith had been for them and all they faced. Our ancestors certainly lived in times when sickness and death were so much closer, so much more common and so much more unexpected in their day-to-day -day lives. And through all of it, they were able to hold on to one thing above everything else that they always knew was there to give them hope and security and love and support. That one thing was always Jesus Christ. 
And I have to tell you, brothers and sisters, they knew they could cling to Jesus, not so much because he was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who rode into Jerusalem in triumph on that first Palm Sunday. They knew they could cling to Jesus because he was a Lord and Savior who allowed him to suffer like they had to suffer. He was a creator God who was not afraid to be beaten, whipped and spat upon for those he loved. He was a friend and a master who even experienced the one thing that's always nipping right at their heels when they least expected it to come in illness, in hunger, in hard manual labor and in violence. Jesus was a God who died on the hardwood of that cross. He died first before he rose again in great glory. Yes, they could trust him and hold on to him and believe in him because through his incredible passion, he walked everywhere we might have to walk and he faced everything that we will all eventually have to face. He'd done it all out of love, deep eternal love for all of us and for all of creation. And he did it so he could overturn the wages of sin and turn around and defeat death on that first Easter morning. And because they knew that, believed it with their whole hearts, put all their faith and hope into it, they knew that when the end would come for them and for their loved ones, it would never be able to separate them from those they loved or from their God forever. They could walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. And that was enough to sustain them through anything. As the prophet proclaims today in the words of the suffering servant, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Brothers and sisters, that's how our ancestors and our grandparents made it through their times of fear and uncertainty. And that's how we will get through this time in our history. In the midst of this great pandemic, we have the same Savior to cling to and the same Lord to give us an ending hope. And that hope begins today with that story of suffering we just heard in the Passion. It begins with suffering and death, but it ends with hope and promise. Hope and promise that is always within our grasp, always coming to us. Yes, it is a very different Palm Sunday, but Christians have been here before and Lord knows we'll probably be here again. Let us walk with Jesus into Jerusalem again. And let us kneel always at his wondrous cross that has been and always will be our true hope and salvation. Thanks be to God.